Hello, and a warm welcome to the Northern Grower podcast. My name is Erin, and I'm an educator, homesteader, and gardener here in Alberta, Canada. I garden in a Zone 3 climate, and here in our homestead, we produce seeds for sale, we grow vegetables and herbs to preserve on our homestead, and we enjoy cooking from scratch. I created this podcast as a place to share my passion and help educate others to grow their homesteads and gardens, increase their self-sufficiency, and also as a creative outlet for others to connect with and for myself. Even if you are not a cool climate or a northern Canadian grower, feel free to stick around. Not only do I discuss gardening topics for cold climate growers, but this season I will be sharing homestead life, stories, history of agriculture episodes, and some plant lore along the way. So thanks for being here. So today we're going to be talking all about sunflowers. And I'll admit it, I'm a sunflower lover. I don't know if you are, if you grow them or not, but they are my favorite flower and probably my favorite thing to grow here on the homestead. They are such a quintessential late summer fall icon in these parts. And now they are seemingly becoming social media famous with selfies and sunflower mazes and fields becoming an iconic post to make come August. And who can blame people for doing that? They're beautiful and they're low maintenance, they're hardy as heck and can have several uses in your garden. If you're new to gardening or seasoned grower, I'm about to give you the lowdown on why you should consider this stunning flower for your space and share some lore and stories about sunflowers along the way. So please stick with me here. Um, We're going to talk about the history of sunflowers, uh, some fun lore, fun facts, and some growing tips here as well. So by the way, the sunflower, super easy to grow. Um, I always get asked all the time at markets, Um, on social media. I have a black thumb, but I want to start growing something, especially because, you know, like save the bees is becoming a thing and planting flowers um, is becoming more popular for garden spaces, which is awesome, or even balcony spaces. And I always tell people, go with a sunflower. Hands down, easiest plant I've ever grown. (laughs) So even if you have, quotes, a black thumb, then you can definitely manage a sunflower. Good place to start. The sunflower is a part of the Helianthus genus of flowers. The name Helianthus comes from the Greek words Helios for sun and Anthos, which means flower. They are known and famous for turning towards um, the sun and following it across the sky as it moves east to west. So young sunflowers are able to do this and then they will reset themselves at night. They'll turn back to face east at nighttime, ready for the new day. Um, But once sunflowers are mature, they actually, their heads get like too heavy, especially once they get seeds and they can't move. So they actually then just stay fixed in an eastern facing position. As a rule of thumb though, they are sun lovers, hence the name. And the family comprises of many, many different varieties. Uh, The most common is the Anise variety, which means annual or common sunflower, but there are some variations to this, so we're going to just look at some of the other fun varieties you can grow. I happen to be a fan of some of the other different varieties too. 
So in history, the sunflower was domesticated in Southern America. Um, it was thought to be the United States, and then archaeologists have found domesticated seeds as early as 2600 BCE in Mexico. And of course, right, things like that too are the earliest we have found so far. I remember being an archaeology student, an anthropology student, and our professor would kind of say things like, so far, because we are always finding newer things, and then, you know, our knowledge changes and our understanding changes. Um, domestication, of course, then spread throughout the eastern parts of the U.S. in a relatively short time after that, it looks like. Um, it was kind of one, looks like from the, like, genus of the sunflower, um, there was one domestication event, and it spread quickly throughout um, by indigenous peoples. It's thought that it was primarily an edible crop for indigenous peoples, um, but they also would have used the sunflower for medicinal purposes and decorative purposes, as uh, it's likely the petals could have been used to make yellow and orange dyes. So really a valued crop to grow. And then when Spanish um, colonists came and explorers came, they saw the sunflower, they saw its uses, and just like many other foods, they actually took the seeds back over to Europe, where it became a common cultivar throughout Europe and an agricultural commodity. And today the sunflower has many uses from edible seeds, ornamental purposes, oil is a big one, sunflower oil, and as a fodder food for livestock. So I did think it would be fun before we get into growing to discuss some tales and stories and lore surrounding sunflowers. Uh, these flowers are so recognizable and valuable to humans that they have played popular roles throughout culture, art, and stories. For example, as I just said earlier, right, they are a social media sensation. It is like a trending cottagecore vibe to go and get photos taken in a sunflower field. And to be honest, I don't blame people because they really do make the perfect backdrop for photos. And also in modern times, the sunflower has become iconic as a symbol of hope and strength. And in particular, the sunflower is a national symbol of Ukraine. And of course, with the Russian invasion and the conflict, the sunflower has become an important symbol of support for Ukraine. If you do recall, this kind of came about when a woman made worldwide news when she gave um, sunflower seeds to a Russian soldier and she famously told him, put these seeds in your pocket so at least flowers will grow when you lie here. And of course that became like a massive like meme on the internet. Like people were drawing sunflower art, putting these words around it. Um, I even saw like people embroidering sunflowers with this quote around it, with her words. I'm also in some more like witchier circles and there was some really good discussions of maybe this woman, like, did she curse him? Because it is, you know, a really ominous thing to say, but powerful too, right? And uh, so that was a really powerful moment for a lot of people. And so then people started using the sunflower to symbolize um, support of, for Ukraine as well as strength and hope. And I even, um, when I was doing spring markets this year, I had people purchasing sunflower seeds just because they wanted to grow sunflowers that year to show support for Ukraine. So really cool um, that it's became seen as that, right? It's a symbol now and 
people will see a sunflower and go, oh, Ukraine. Like, that's what people think. So it's really interesting, too, how how things like that happen. Um, and, of course, throughout history, sunflowers have been immortalized and made famous through artwork. Van Gogh's sunflower series is some of the most famous sunflower art that we know of or that I've seen around. Um, and there's so much more art out there. And even artwork in our homes in the sense of, like, decor and decoration. Like, how much stuff has a sunflower on it or sunflowers on it, right? When you, even clothing, sunflower patterns. So it really is um, popular for decoration in our modern culture. And there is an ancient myth surrounding the sunflower. It's a Greek myth. It's pretty well known, I think. Um, But I will just go into it here and it's kind of interesting because it's the myth about a sunflower and it is apparently you know in quotes why the sunflower got its name type of myth but as you will see at the end I'll just discuss why it's not actually like it's a fun myth to go about why the sunflower got its name but it's actually incorrect um so the is a well-known Greek myth of Helios and Clytie And Helios, this is also where the myth has changed in time because you will see this myth with Helios or Apollo. Helios was an ancient Greek sun god and then he kind of got ousted out for Apollo. Everyone started making Apollo like the sun god and talking about Apollo. So this myth kind of has both. Um, I've seen it with Apollo. I've heard of it with Helios. I'm not sure which one to use, so I'm going to just go with Helios because he is the more traditional sun god, I guess. So Helios is the sun god, and Clytie was a nymph in ancient Greek uh, mythology. And essentially, she fell in love with Helios, and he truly loved her back. But then, under the influence of Aphrodite... He found a new lover, so she kind of put him under her love spell ways, and he found a new lover, uh, Leucothea, which is hard to say, Leucothea, Leucothea, and Clytie was jealous of this new relationship because Helios um, was fell in love with someone else. And so Clytie, in her jealousy, told Leucothea's father about her relationship with Helios and he was so mad and angry with his daughter he buried her alive mythology's fun isn't it um so he buried her alive and then of course he found out because Clytie had told him Helios was so enraged with Clytie for telling Leucothea's father and of course losing her that way he turned her into a flower and supposedly he turned her into the sunflower and Clytie, even though she was a sunflower, she loved Helios so much, she still followed him across the sky. And so, of course, that was why this is supposed to be the myth of how the sunflower got its name, because she follows the sun god across the sky throughout the day. Um, Interesting left, though, if you recall, sunflowers originated in the Americas, not ancient Greece. Um, The sunflower would not, as far as we know right now in history, the sunflower was not in Greece at this time, um, in ancient Greece. And so historians really think the myth was discussing the heliotrope flower, which was a purple flower from Greece that followed the sun. Um, 
but interesting, right? It just shows how story can get turned and edited as people retell it to one another. And people kind of adapted somewhere along the line. We've adapted this myth to talk about the sunflower and this fun story behind how it got its name. So it's just a cool fact, but an interesting story. The sunflower has also become associated with fertility and summer. And so during festivals, um, particularly Northern European um, or pagan orientated festivals, such as midsummer festivals like Letha, um, the sunflower is associated with that. And you could wear a crown or a necklace of sunflowers. And this was traditionally worn too, to symbolize like midsummer and fertility and modern pagans or folk practitioners can also bathe in sunflower petals or spray a mixture of sunflower petals that have been like diffused in water just around a space and they're supposed to just pick you up kind of give you that summer feeling basically those summer vibes that summer energy when you are feeling down so kind of interesting all of the uses there. Let's just go into um, growing sunflowers and different varieties of sunflowers. So there are a lot of varieties, I think more than 70 right now. Um, the most common being the common sunflower, which stands tall and you get a single head on that single stem. And it's the typical sunflower you're going to see really mostly growing in fields, farms, and in media. But there are, um, other varieties, so some varieties of sunflower are really prized for their height, and so there are giant specific sunflowers. And as a fun fact, the world record for the tallest sunflower is 9.17 meters, or about 30 feet, grown in Germany by Hans Peter Schiffer. The tallest I could find in Canada was 7 meters tall. I think that was in 2014, by the way, so it's still fairly recent. Um, this the Canadian guy here is Ron Hicks from St. Mary's, Ontario. He grew a sunflower that was seven meters tall. And some of these giant varieties include Mongolian giant and Russian mammoth. And most people, you're probably going to get these giant varieties. There's no guarantee they're getting that tall. Like These people probably put a lot of work into um, seed saving selection. And I know once they get that tall, they have to put a scaffolding around them to stop them from getting like damaged in the wind and the head gets pretty heavy and uh, I think Ron Hicks when I read his news article he was even climbing like the scaffolding every day to check on the state of his flower so very committed but it's very cool they can grow that tall and they don't just have to grow um, that single stem with the flower there are some varieties that grow multiple branches and then you have like multiple heads or flowers on one plant and one of the varieties that we grow here is Monet's palette, which is this multiple uh, flowering, multiple branches coming off the stem plant. And it has these beautiful shades of color from burgundy, yellow, orange, halo effect, like just a stunning sunflower. And um, really love those. We've been growing the Monet's palette variety for a few years now, and I love it. Um, for container or balcony gardeners, there are also dwarf or shorter varieties available. And the recommendation I really like for shorter varieties is our teddy bear sunflowers. They have like these fluffy looking heads and 
like they're really unique looking like they look like little pom-poms and they look really good in cut flower arrangements i think that's kind of where they they sh a lot of the shorter varieties would have got bred to be looking more stunning and fitting into a cut flower arrangement so the teddy bears look really cute as cut flowers um, but they also work well and lend themselves well to growing in containers if you're short on space want a container sunflower or you have like a balcony garden um, they will look really nice in there and honestly sunflowers are especially easy to grow i'm in zone three and they seriously need no nurturing or care i let them do their thing they are super prolific and good at self-seeding at being self-seeding annuals so they will just uh, drop their seeds around around fall as the plant dies back or um, you could like take the seeds off yourself and scatter them where you want and they overwinter very well in the ground um, I do say like we will pull our sunflowers to th we thrash the heads and then we cover our beds with compost to mulch before the snow hits um, but even though we save seeds and we collect our sunflowers, like, we do some scattering, but also, like, they will drop a lot of seeds without us necessarily having to go in there and scatter seeds purposely, and also um, without us um, having, you know, we're taking a lot of seeds, and they still drop a lot of seeds, so they're super prolific right they just like they're happy and easy to just grow wherever um and they're just incredible volunteer plants so for example you'll tend to find they will just create whole new patches for themselves around the yard or you might find lone voyages pop up in the long come spring i love walking around neighborhoods and finding volunteer sunflowers like I can tell if there's a volunteer because you'll be walking and you might see like front lawns. They've got these beautiful beds and then there's like one sunflower sitting up, up there by itself that I'm sure was probably a volunteer and the people have gone, well, it's a sunflower. We'll let it do its thing. Um, so basically, if you do want to stop them spreading, the easiest thing we found is to just pull up the seedlings when they start to pop up in unwanted places. Um, that's basically all we do. Um... And again, you know, really good start of flowers. It's simply a matter of scattering the seed and they grow and take care of themselves. They like water, but they are drought tolerant and pretty heat tolerant. So really work well for Alberta summers where we are like we have this short, intense, hot summer season. Um, so they do work really well with our climate. They do like room if they are to grow to a good height. So depending on the variety you choose to grow, you could intentionally plant with more spacing, such as a foot between seeds or even more if you're growing a giant variety. Um, that just is all dependent on what variety you're choosing to grow. And they can bloom well into the fall. And out here in Alberta, the kind of lore goes that when the sunflowers are in bloom, that's when beekeepers can start. If you're a beekeeper, you can start pulling honey out of the hive. So um, I'm in the bee. I don't have a hive, but I'm familiar with beekeeping circles and done a course in beekeeping and the kind of old wives tale if you will in Alberta here is if you see the sunflowers blooming then you know it's time that you can start pulling the honey off the hives. If you do want to keep sunflower seeds do be aware that birds, squirrels and other rodents do enjoy them as a snack 
we seed save, but often we will get to a sunflower head and realize it has been thoroughly picked over by birds. Um, so one thing you could also do if you wanted to, I'm okay with, just because of the amount we have, I'm okay with leaving um, some for the animals. But if you wanted to, you could also put like an organza bag, little mesh net over them to keep the seeds from being eaten. And saving sunflower seeds is easy, it's fun. You either wait until a plant is dry and brittle, and you could just run your fingers over the head and they'll just literally like fall out. Um, you could do nothing and just let the seeds like basically fall into the ground too and they'll come back. Or you can also whack or thresh the heads over a container and watch the seeds fall out. It's super fun. And then you just have to ensure they are dry. Leave them to dry for a couple of weeks on coffee filters, um, like the filter paper or mesh plates like drying um, mesh frames and then just store in a dry sealed uh, cool con container in a cool dry dark place and really in our garden I find like again the seeds you can have you can eat the seeds if you keep the seeds I collect the petals um, and I actually really like that patches of tallest sunflowers in beds can be very useful as shade or partial shade providers for other items growing. So we get just, you know, that intense prairie sun here. And you can get like on each end of my bed, if I have a little patch of sunflowers, the Monet's palette are pretty tall. They'll actually will give some shade to the beds. And so I really, I kind of have, maybe not necessarily a giant patch, we have kind of clusters of the sunflowers around, intentionally planted around our yard to provide some shade. Um, so they are really useful. So if you are ready to start growing sunflowers, I have provided links. Um, I will provide links in the notes where you can purchase seeds to some of the varieties I mentioned. I save and seeds for um, Monet's palette. Um, so I will link to other stores that I know a reputable seed, seed companies and places if you're interested in other varieties. I will also link to my Etsy shop, The Witchery Garden, where I do sell sunflower petals as well as other flower petals for like curios, for curio folks, for apothecary folks. Um, these will be launching towards the end of August, so do keep an eye out. I'm in the process right now of collecting and drying many apothecary type things from my garden, so it's more towards the end of August you'll see me restock um, the shop there. So follow or even just follow Instagram and you'll get a notification. I'll pop something there as a reminder or follow the shop on Etsy. Um, and you can find a link to that shop in my Instagram bio. My Instagram is the underscore northern underscore crower. If you want to email the show, you can email at the northern grower podcast at gmail.com. Like I said, I will post any relevant links down below in the show notes. And I really wish you a happy, wonderful growing season. The next episode is going to be on blueberries because they are, they're in season here full on in season and I'm going to discuss some lore and growing blueberries here and I'm actually also going to discuss some of the uses and ways we preserve blueberries because when they are um, 
like now getting in season or even if you're picking them up from the farmer's market, you have tons of them right now. They're very cheap. So just some ways we preserve them here throughout the winter. Okay, thank you and take care.